anybody who's created in the image of God, which means every human being is on this planet for this purpose. Every single person. If you want to know your purpose, this is your purpose. And so everything I do, one way or another, is designed to help people along the most important path uh, they're ever going to walk. Welcome to another edition of Come Receive the Light from the Orthodox Christian Network. I'm Mike Trout. And wouldn't you like to know the answer to that question? Why are you here on this planet? Well, we'll get that answer from today's guest as our host, Father Christopher Metropolis, talks with him in just a moment. Father Chris is the founder of this ministry, the Orthodox Christian Network, and the president of Hellenic College and Holy Cross Orthodox School of Theology. We're on the web at myocn.net, and we're a nonprofit outreach. That means we depend upon your prayer support, and your financial support. We'd love to know that you're listening. You can share that fact with us when you go to the website and click on the contact link. Or you can comment on this particular broadcast right there on the radio page and come receive the light. Again, we would really appreciate your feedback, your questions, your comments, and also just the information that you do listen to us. That would be a great encouragement. And now with the interview for this week, here's Father Chris. With his book, Miracles, Eric Metaxas has once again revealed his prowess as a writer and thinker. One reviewer wrote, Metaxas provides a compass for intellect and inspires our journeys with profound miracle stories, with his attuned humor shining throughout. He was born in New York City, the neighborhood of Astoria, Queens, actually where I was born. He grew up in Danbury, Connecticut, graduated from Yale University, where he edited the Yale Record the nation's oldest college humor magazine. Eric lives in Manhattan with his wife and daughter. He is Greek on his father's side and German on his mother's side, while he was raised in the Greek Orthodox environment. In April of 2015, he began hosting the two-hour daily nationally syndicated radio program broadcast from the Empire State Building in New York called the Eric Metaxas Show. The show is syndicated by Salem Radio Network. He is the founder and host of New York City's event series called Socrates in the City, Conversations on the Examined Life, where he interviews thinkers and writers and is labeled as a forum on life, God, and other small topics in his book about the series. Welcome to the program. Oh, it, it is my joy. Thanks for having me. Well, there's a lot in that intro, and you're an award-winning writer, a radio host, the founder of the forum. Talk to us about that. Well, uh, I, you know, I really, I was raised, uh, the, the bio, I don't know why it says Greek Orthodox environment. I always laugh at that. I was raised in the church, and I was absolutely, uh, you know, an altar boy every Sunday and everything. And But the thing is, this is really what forms my whole career path. I went to, to college. I went to Yale University. And in this day and age, most universities and uh, most of the media are very secular. They don't understand the Christian faith. They don't understand the Bible. And in fact, many of them not only don't understand it and are ignorant of it, which is one thing, but many of them are very hostile to it. So when I got to Yale, I encountered this this uh, this hostility to the faith. It was usually unspoken. But by the time I graduated, I was confused. I didn't know, do I believe Christos Anesti? Do I believe what the Bible says, that Jesus is Lord? He rose from the dead. He died for our sins to change our lives, to kill, to destroy death. I mean, did I believe that? 
I wasn't sure because the climate I was in was so secular and so anti-Bible and anti-Christian, really, that I was confused. And it wasn't until around my 25th birthday that I had an experience. Uh, In fact, I can encourage people to go to my website. There's a short video where I tell the story, but my website is just my name. It's it's either ericmetaxas.com or ericmetaxas.com. That's a subtle joke. When I'm talking to Greeks, it's Eric Metaxas. When I'm talking to everybody else, it's Eric Metaxas. But if you can spell Metaxas, ericmetaxas.com, there's all kinds of stuff there that'll fill in what we don't get to as we're talking now. But, But I had an encounter, and Jesus spoke to me in a way that only would make sense to me. And it confirmed to me that, first of all, the God we worship is a personal God. He loves every one of us. He knows us, and he wants to have a relationship with us personally, not just sort of in a vague way through the church or or through uh, Christianity. No, he wants to have a personal relationship with you, with me. And this is at the heart of this incredibly beautiful faith. So I became a Christian seriously, Overnight, the next day I woke up and all these questions that had been put into my mind through the years at Yale and and whatever, I said, no, I now know that Jesus is Lord. These things are true. I mean, it was a mind-blowing miracle. And again, people want the details. They go to ericmetaxas.com. But it changed everything for me. And so I said, I want to dedicate my life to bringing knowledge of this God to our Christos to to the whole world. I want people to know who he is. And I don't care if they say, oh, I'm an atheist, I'm a Roman Catholic, I'm Orthodox. None of that matters. You need to know Jesus. And, And so I focus on these things. And I don't always talk about Jesus specifically, because I think a lot of times people aren't ready for that. So I try to talk about the truth and try to bring people to begin to think about the big questions. Why am I on this planet? Who am I? Where am I going when I die? I mean, a lot of times we say, well, I think I know, but I don't know. Well, God wants us to know. He wants us to have peace and and a relationship with him that, that goes beyond just a few words. And so one of the things I decided to write about is a book called Miracles. It's the only book I've I've written uh, besides my Bonhoeffer book that was translated into Greek. And it makes me very happy because I want the Greeks, uh, especially in Greece, they need hope and they need to know that, uh, that Jesus is real and that their faith is not just a cultural thing. So I wrote a book called Miracles, Tavmata, because I've experienced some real miracles. And I said, listen, I'm not crazy. I'm college educated. I can tell the difference between nonsense and and reality. And so that's one of the books I've written. But all of the things that I do, really, at the end of the day, I want to lead people to Jesus, to lead people to the true faith, because it's for them. It's not just for us. It's for them. Many of them don't know it. So that's part of my uh, calling of my life. Okay, let me uh, let me try to punch some holes in that. Okay, um, yeah, I'm looking at uh, Yale University. I'm looking at living in New York City. I'm looking at the media capital of the world, uh, the world pressing down on some of the things precisely that you said. Right. That people don't really know. Do they have time to think about their relationship with a Lord? Right. And right. many times it takes a catastrophe, as we saw. I remember someone back in uh, 
in 2001 when the Trade Center was attacked and yeah. the pillars came down and all of a sudden you saw red everywhere in all the churches and people said, what do you mean you saw red? I said, they were red candles everywhere. Those are the seven-day candles and they cost yeah. more than the other ones. They were yeah. lighting them like crazy. People were coming right. to the faith because there was a catastrophe. Right. Um, we see that also happening in people's lives. There's, there's tremendous illnesses and there are, there are real miracle stories that happen there. So from your perspective and obviously you're a professional, you've done a lot of research here, what do you see going on within the, the cultural milieu today that is changing? Because it's not the same when we grew up. No. Well, look, first of all, C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors, and I recommend everybody become uh, familiar with C.S. Lewis. He's a genius, and he used his genius uh, to promote his Christian faith, uh, our Christian faith. Uh, Lewis once famously said that sometimes God uses pain as a megaphone to speak to us. In other words, when you go through a crisis, your marriage is in trouble, your kids are not behaving the way you want, uh, you, you, your job is, uh, is shaky, uh, anything can happen. And it can be God's blessing to draw you to himself to say, listen, I love you. I've always loved you. Come and talk to me. Come and ask me to comfort you. I mean, look, it happened in my life. When I, I didn't say it, but when I was 24 years old, I mean, I graduated college. Here, my parents didn't get to go to college. They're European immigrants struggling to raise kids. I get to go to Yale University. I should have the world, you know, by, by the tail, as they say, right? I'm confused. I want to be a writer. I'm not sure what I'm doing. What job should I get? I'm confused. I end up moving back in with my parents. Now, if you don't think that's bad news, to, to move back in with your parents <laughs> when they are European immigrants who have struggled, and now here comes the Yale graduate to move oh. back in to say, I don't, want, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Yeah. It was absolutely horrible for me. Yeah. But because of that painful year, it led me to open my mind and heart to Christ. And otherwise, if I had had success, I would have been swimming along in the wrong direction for, I might still be swimming in that direction. So I think that it's actually a good thing sometimes when bad things happen. It sounds crazy. But I also think that in the cultural milieu, you're asking about where we are as a culture. Listen, every person has to deal with God individually. The cultural milieu is getting so anti-Christian that it's almost funny. Your average person is saying, this is insane. I mean, they might not say it publicly because they don't want to get in an argument, but they recognize when you're having ideas about marriage or about the human person shoved down your throat, you're saying, wait a second, I'm not an idiot. You, you can't tell me that uh, oh, Bruce Jenner now is, is, a, is a beautiful woman. I, I can have pity and I can pray for this person and I can love this person, sure. but don't tell me I have to agree with everything they say. And I think a lot of people have common sense and they're saying that something is strange right now. The secularists right. have in some ways gotten the upper hand. And I would argue just between us, that's bad for the secularists because they're making themselves look more ridiculous in a way. And the claims of the Bible become more realistic and more plausible, at least in my estimation. Well, there's also the, the people are saying, look, your God is such a loving, this is always how it's framed, your God is such yeah. a loving God, so he will love anything and everything I do, and he will yeah. never push me out because of what I'm doing. But right, that, which is that's ridiculous. a no-holds-barred society that really has a very dangerous ending, I think, in my opinion. Anyway. Well, there's, there's no question about it. Listen, the, 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 the Bible has said this, uh, the, the Christians have believed this 
forever. This is not something you and I came up with, uh, you know, as a solution to our problems. This has been God came into the world uh, 2,000 years ago to offer us the ultimate olive branch, to say there's a division between you and me. You are sinners. You are lost. I came into the world to suffer and to die, to extend an olive branch, to say, to take my hand and let me lead you back to myself. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. So people can say what they want, but when they, there's a reason it's the greatest story ever told. The idea that, that God, who's in heaven, where everything is perfect, would choose to send his son into this broken, screwed-up world to suffer, to die on the cross for us. I mean, this is the most beautiful story in the world. Now, you can ignore it, but if you start thinking about it, it's going to get to you, and you're going to realize he doesn't owe me anything. I owe him something as gratitude for what he did. That's a whole different view. And, you know, I, I kind of think a lot of times that those of us who are Orthodox, that we didn't get this in the church. You know, you, you go through the ritual and stuff, and you maybe you didn't get what, what we call the apologetics, right? Apologia, the, the, the guts of the faith. I mean, the resurrection in my miracles book, there's a chapter, and I mean, I shocked myself. I said, if you look at the different arguments, did the resurrection happen? Did Jesus rise from the dead? I was absolutely shocked shocked to realize that the evidence points to him actually rising from the dead. You'd say that's not possible. Read that chapter. I promise you, when you read the alternatives, the alternatives are so dumb that you got to laugh. They say, well, the, the disciples stole his body. Then you start going through, why would they do that? And what, you know, you start going through it almost like a lawyer with a legal mind. And you start saying, we have more evidence for the resurrection. So here we are pretending as though it's the most ridiculous thing. Well, that's why it's called a miracle. If something that's not supposed to happen happens, but there's no other way to view it except that, yeah, it did happen, now you have to start saying, hey, maybe we live in a universe where there really is a God who really has miraculous powers. And if you don't allow your mind to go in that direction, then it is you who are being irrational. Our faith is a rational faith. And I have a couple of chapters in the book, uh, and I talk a lot about science and faith and science and miracles. You know, scientists who are atheists are very nervous today because the evidence every year, there's more evidence pointing to the idea that this universe had to be created by an, an, an infinitely intelligent force. A uh, hundred years ago, you could make the claim, nobody knows, we have no evidence. Now we have more and more evidence uh, that, and I write about that in the Miracles book also, but it's kind of amazing to think that science is pointing us to, the, to a creator of the universe. So we're in a place today where the divide is getting sharper and sharper. There's more and more evidence more historical evidence, archaeological evidence for the God of the Bible by far than there was 50 years ago or 100 years ago. So if you're interested in rationality, then I would say Christian faith is more for you today than ever in the history of the world. Well, let's go to the miracles, because as you say, there, for example, the miracle of the resurrection, uh, we had eyewitnesses, we have evidence, we have an empty tomb. We have, we're very clear that we know that this happened. But let's go to one specific miracle for a minute, uh, Matthew 9, 2 through 8, where the paralytic is brought to Jesus. Jesus saw his faith. He says to the paralytic, have courage, son, your sins are forgiven. Then some experts in the law say to themselves, well, you know, this man's blaspheming. Uh, when Jesus perceived their thoughts, it says, 
why do you respond with evil in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and walk? What's <laughs> happening here, do you think, Eric? Well, it's, there's so much happening, and this is why when we're talking about the Bible, we're not talking about human literature. We're talking about literature, even though it's written by humans. These, this is the, the logo to theu. This is the Word of God, and it's operating on so many levels that it can spin your head around. I mean, first of all, imagine Jesus is there. He's a human being who is also the second person of the Trinity. He's God. So he knows what they're thinking. Now, this must scare them a little bit, because they know they're not dealing with a, a, a normal person. They don't know what they're dealing with. And he does these miracles specifically to lead people to himself. He doesn't do it just for a magic trick. He says, I want to show you that the kingdom of heaven is here, that wherever the Holy Spirit is, in any believer, not just Jesus, but he's showing the way for everyone who believes in him, that the Holy Spirit lives, comes to live inside us, and the power of God can be manifested. Now, Jesus did it so many times that even people who didn't believe in him knew that this is real. They just didn't know the details. Where's it coming from? Is this the devil doing miracles? Is, this, uh, is he a charlatan? What's going on? I mean, they must have been wanting to pull their hair out because here you have somebody that everybody's talking about the fact that Lazarus rose from the dead. We were there. Don't tell us uh, you don't know what happened. We have, my friend was there. I was there. I saw it. I saw him in the tomb. I mean... This is an eyewitness account. And so what the New Testament gives us over and over and over and over is history, eyewitness accounts. In other words, it's challenging people to say, look, this is not uh, paramithia. This is not fairy tales. If you study it, the more you study it, the more you realize that this is historical eyewitness accounts. It's just, it's just a kind of a stunning, it's a stunning thing, specifically what you're, you're asking about with regard to this. Uh, I guess maybe I'm not clear, but, but this is one of the most beautiful things to me, that, that this miracle, that he says, okay, you know, you want to test me? <laughs> you're, you're telling me I can't forgive sins? You're saying that I don't have right. the authority? Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll perform a, another miracle, yeah. uh, and then you tell me uh, which was easier to do. Test me and see, right? One final question, Eric. Um, what have you come to discover about your own understanding of miracles in writing the book that you just did? Well, first of all, I think that you get some people that they think everything's a miracle and they're willing to believe anything. I think you have to bring a skeptical mind. Because, and I'll say this. I'll say why. Because when God does a miracle, it is something extraordinary and he does it specifically to get our attention. When Jesus did those miracles, he did it specifically to impress these people to say, I am God. The kingdom of God is here. In other words, he, he didn't do it without witnesses. He did it specifically because he says, I want to show you I'm real, I love you, and I have the power of heaven. And and basically, I have experienced miracles in the, in the 20-something years that I have had this born-again experience where I have had a personal relationship. My life is focused on, on Christ. And when you experience a miracle, you say, look, I'm not crazy. I'm not hallucinating. I'm not a liar. This is real. And, I've, and in my book, 
just to tell people what's in this. I mean, I've written many books, but in this book, I talk about miracles, but then I have 30 examples of miracles that happen to people I know personally. And these are people that I vetted them. In other words, I, I know them. I know that they're reasonable. I know that they're not liars. They're good people. And I got all the details. And I think that those of us who say we're Christians, we need to understand God is alive today. We're not just going to see him when, when we die. He wants us to walk with him today and to be prepared that he wants to speak to us today, that there are miracles. Sometimes it's just, uh, you know, a kind of, um, how do I put it? It's, it's a circumstance. Something happens and you go, oh my gosh, that's mind-blowing, you know, and, and you know it was God kind of winking at you to say, hey, I'm really here. You, you think I'm up there in the clouds? I'm here. I'm with you. I'm in your life. Other miracles are, are just so stunning. I mean, I've had miracles. I've had friends that have seen gigantic angels, and they give me details of what they looked like and the circumstances, and obviously that's in the book. And, I, and every miracle is designed to point to Christ and to get people to say, this is the ultimate reality. The reason I'm here on earth, the reason... I am on this planet while I'm here is to have this relationship with Christ. It's the only reason I'm here. Now, it doesn't mean that uh, you give up the rest of your life, but God wants us to bring him into our marriages, into our friendships, into everything. Church is not an experience on Sunday morning. That's to prepare us for the rest of the week that we walk with Christ through the rest of the week. Now, this is called normal Christianity. This is not extra credit. This is not for the holy people. Anybody who's created in the image of God, which means every human being is on this planet for this purpose. Every single person. If you want to know your purpose, this is your purpose. And so everything I've done, again, people can go to my website, uh, but everything I do, one way or another, is designed to help people along the most important path uh, they're ever going to walk. Great. Thank you, Eric. It's a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, I'm sure that there are many people that can benefit from both visiting your website and purchasing your many books. God bless your work. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And as we usually do, we'll have links to those books, or at least most of them, on our website at myocn.net. That's myocn.net. You've been listening to another edition of Come Receive the Light from the Orthodox Christian Network, and our host is Father Christopher Metropolis, the founder of this particular ministry and the president of Hellenic College and Holy Cross Orthodox School of Theology. And I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us. You can listen to the archived editions of most of our Come Receive the Light broadcasts on the website. Just click on the radio link on the homepage and then select Come Receive the Light. We're also a nonprofit outreach dependent upon your financial partnership. And if you click on the Donate button on the homepage, you'll discover a multitude of ways that you can come alongside of us financially. That's myocn.net. And until we meet again, remember to always have faith in what you listen to. I see the world your way, and I'm not afraid to follow. I see the world your way, and I'm not ashamed to say so. I see the Jesus way, and I'm walking in the light.